Hi, everybody. I'm Alan. And I'm Mark. Welcome to our Live from Pawnee Parks and Rec Fan Rewatch podcast. We're happy to meet you and have you here with us. We're going to do our best to kind of walk you through whether you've seen the show or not and uh, break down each episode for you. That's right. We're going to walk you through this whether you want us to or not. So just prepare for that. <laughs> they have no choice in the matter. Nope. Sorry. There's people so, outside your door. You actually can't turn the dial. I assume they can turn a dial on the podcast, right? Uh, yeah, I think it works that way. Okay, cool. Hey, Alan, uh, do, we, do we have a, a, a clip uh, uh, for the cold opening? Yeah, you know what, Mark? I think because of the type of episode this is and how important it is to, to the, the series in general, this particular cold open introduces us to our protagonist, Leslie. Yes. And I think there's no better way to meet her and kind of get a sense of what the show's like than to play the clip for you. So let's do that right now, and then we'll be right back. All right. Hello. Hi. My name is Leslie Nope, and I work for the Parks and Recreation Department. Can I ask you a few questions? Would you say that you are enjoying yourself and having fun, having a moderate amount of fun and somewhat enjoying yourself, or having no fun and no enjoyment? I'm going to put a lot of fun. Miss Nope! There's a drunk stuck in the slide. Sir, this, this is a children's slide. You're not allowed to sleep in here. You know, when I first tell people that I work in the government, they say, oh, the government, the government stinks. The lines are too long, or the DMV. But now things have changed. People need our help. And it feels good to be needed. Could you put your arms to your side? When? And that might help you slide down a little easier? You know, Do you want to come this way? Uh, uh, okay, we're going to need you to get out. Get out of the slide. Okay? You're, here we go. Okay. Government isn't just a boys club anymore. Women are everywhere. It's a great time to be a woman in politics. Hillary Clinton, Sarah Palin, me, Nancy Pelosi. We did it! You know, I, I like to tell people, you know, get on board and buckle up because my ride's gonna be a big one. And if you get motion sickness, you know, put your head between your knees because Leslie Nope's stopping for no one. Okay, we're back. So, Mark, what'd you think? Oh, I, I love this opening. I mean, it's, it's, it's classic Leslie Nope. If you've ever watched the series and come to know her character, this is, this is classic. She's, she's happy. She's optimistic. She's uh, ridiculously unflappable and a little weird, but in a, in a good way. Uh, what do you think? Um, I thought the same thing. I, I think, um, this particular episode, and we'll get into this in a little bit, you know, this, this first season's a little rough. A lot of TV shows start off being a little different than maybe where they end up being by the time you've fallen in love with them. And I think Parks and Rec particularly suffers that. But this cold open in, uh, in general is very much, I think, true to the spirit of Leslie and her heart and how much she loves her job. And um, I think that is one of the saving graces of, uh, of, of this episode in particular, but season one in general. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I think that, um, like you said, any series that's trying to establish itself, it, 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 it requires some time to build, you know, dare I say the universe. And that's true regardless of whether it's a sitcom or whether you're talking about fantasy or whatever. Um, that's true for this too. Uh, but I think, so I think that's going to detract from it a little bit here in season one, but, but you, you have to love Leslie's spirit and I know that sounds corny but I, I, I agree with you I think that's something that drives her as a character forward and it drives the show forward that's a great 
synopsis of the uh, the cold open. And um, at this point in our normal episode, I think we would actually give out the synopsis of the overall episode, correct? That is correct, Alan. And as, uh, as chance would have it, I have the synopsis right here in front of me. This is the official synopsis. At the Parks and Rec office, Parks Director Ron Swanson pushes staffer Tom Haverford to join Leslie in hosting a community forum that night. Leslie stays positive during the forum, despite the small hostile turnout, as she calls it, caring at her loudly instead of yelling. Uh, at the event, a local nurse, we meet Ann Perkins, brings up the giant pit behind her house, and by the end of the meeting, Leslie is strangely inspired, and she pinky promises, which I love, Ann and the rest of the crowd that she will turn the pit into a park. Leslie seeks the advice of city planner Mark Brendanowitz, who quickly urges Leslie to drop it. Leslie Tom and cynical college intern April Ludgate go to Ann's house to discuss the pit where we meet Ann's boyfriend, musician and man-child Andy Dwyer. As they inspect the pit, Leslie falls in, which Andy thinks is awesome, and April and Tom captured on camera. Back at the office, Leslie asks Ron, for permission to form an exploratory committee. And even though she pesters him for the rest of the day, he only gives in when Mark Brandanowitz cashes in a favor, never named, Ron owes him. Tom later lets Leslie know that she got her committee and they celebrate with champagne, getting Leslie and Anne way drunk in the process. Very funny. Leslie and Anne start to bond on the experience. And despite her skepticism about politics, Anne pledges to do whatever it takes to help get the pit filled in quote unquote, even if it takes as long as two months. Ta-da. <laughs> Excellent summary. I, I think I, there's you. so much about that that really just hits the nail on the head. I, I love the, the kind of precursor uh, that it ends with that, you know, this might take as long as a whole two months, which uh, if you've watched the, the series, you know that that's kind of a, um, a pretty funny statement. All right, Mark. Well, that was an excellent synopsis. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. And then when we get back from the break, we'll break down this episode. We'll talk about some of the standout moments, maybe a few of our character journeys and start to build uh, our understanding of each of the main characters of the show. Talk about a deleted scene or two. And then at the end of the episode, we'll wrap up by giving this episode a score. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan, Alan. All right, let's do it. We'll be right back, everybody. We'll be back. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. If you are like me, then you appreciate handcrafted quality goods. I am sure there are some of you who are fine with particle board furniture and other such mass-produced items. While this is fine for a college student whose primary substance is ramen noodles and Pabst Blue Ribbon, I prefer the beauty of natural wood and a good bottle of Old Scotch whiskey. To find such items, including handmade wooden whiskey coasters, I highly recommend that you go to the internets using the screen of your choice and visit OffermanWoodshop.com. Tell them Ron sent you. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, welcome back. Thanks for uh, taking that break with us and welcome back, Mark. Uh, welcome back, Alan. I think what we talked about, what we would do next is um, because this episode in particular is simply named The Pilot, um, and I did take a look at the script 
And in the original script, um, it's actually just called pilot. So we decided that we would, we didn't like that. Uh, yeah, we, we can do it, better than that. Yeah, we can do a lot better than that. Heck so yeah. we've each selected our own, uh, our own individual AKA also known as, and we're going to give this episode and really every episode after it, at least two additional names. Right. And there's going to be a 1-800 number that you can call to vote. Well, no, we didn't set that up. Okay, we're just going to give our AKAs then. We, we were going to do that, but we did not have budget. Uh, stupid budget. Yeah. Okay. It, maybe, maybe if we can get an additional sponsor, an additional to uh, Sweetums, then we can afford to do that. You'd think Sweetums would be willing to shell out the bucks, but yes, I agree with you. Anyway, so do you want to go first? I, I can go first. Um, my AKA for this particular episode, I had a couple of them, but I think the one I've selected for today is AKA, oh, nope, you didn't. Um, <laughs> you know, this is clearly a play on Leslie Nope. Um, funny or not, uh, it's, my, it's my title. <laughs> oh, it is funny or not. Um, I, I think that, uh, no, that's a, that's a good one, actually. Um, I mean, isn't that a play that they make on her name throughout the series? The fact that she's like the epitome of ridiculous positivity, and yet her name is nope. Nope. Yep. Yeah, it, it hits really hard during the later seasons when we see her uh, politicking and, and running for offices, various offices, but you're exactly right. And uh, it's, it's a great play on words at a minimum. What, what was your AKA, Mark? Well, yours is really good, Alan, but I, you know, I, I think the people yours are going to vote. Yeah, I don't want to say that, so I'll let you say that. Uh, the people are going to vote for this one. No, I, I really like uh, when Anne, as we know, Anne becomes great friends with Leslie as the series goes on. And so I really like the first meeting of, of uh, Anne and Leslie and when their friendship starts to, you know, blossom and, and her initial uh, synopsis, I guess, or, or summary of what she thinks of Leslie, she simply says, says you know she's kind of doofy but sweet so that's my aka <laughs> she's doofy but sweet mark have you seen the deleted scenes i have not are there deleted scenes there are quite a few deleted scenes we might even play one of them here in a minute but um i i, I jumped right to them it may be a little bit out of order but i got excited because you talked about that great line of ands and you're you're much better than mine aka well i mean and, if you um, think so yeah yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to vote for you, too. Because um, you can't vote for yourself, right? Didn't Bobby Newport decide that? I, I don't know. Anyway. Um, Stop for a debate. Yeah, go ahead. So for those of you playing at home, if you have the deleted scenes for this, go watch this right now so we can see what Alan's talking about. Okay, well, now that we've talked about our AKAs, uh, what's up next, Mark? What are we going to talk about next? I think we should talk about the standout moments of the episode. Uh, the things that we remember, I like, I'll give you an example. I love that Leslie has a, a ridiculous, optimistic, but scary intensity when she tells Anne, looking at her straight in the eye, oh, this isn't a promise. This is a pinky promise. And coming from anybody else, it would be borderline creepy, but you're like, you really believe that, don't you? I love that. She pinky promises everybody. She, she is so impassioned to really be helpful, and she sees that that's the role of government, clearly. And, and I think what happens next is even better, and that's when everyone starts applauding, and she has this giant smile on her face because she just loves, you know, being applauded. And, of course, who doesn't? But sure. uh, Leslie, in particular, really feeds off of that vibe, for sure. What was one of your favorite moments? Um, you know, there were several, um, you know, there, there's so many great quotables in here. 
Um, I think one thing that was in the cold open that we didn't talk about that I just loved, um, I think is worth mentioning, uh, is the drunk in the slide. Um, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, there, there's so much there to talk about. I think one of the things I found interesting, uh, you know, even just at a kind of a factual level was the fact that they had to look really hard for that slide. This is in the commentary uh, between Greg Daniels, the creator, and Mike Schur, the co-creator, and the, both writers of this episode. They talk about how um, most of those slides in the Los Angeles area have been torn down because they're actually so tall that they're considered dangerous. Oh, wow. Um, but they found this one in this, this park there in California and, um, it was exactly what Greg had gone through the trouble of sketching out in advance. And uh, they just wanted a slide that was narrow enough and tall enough that they could stuff a drunk in it. So see, I thought um, you were going to say that they, they were looking for a tornado slide. It's like specifically. I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen the sketch, but um, you know, they definitely wanted one they could stuff a drunk in. Well, that's true. I, I, I'll tell you one more moment for me is, is it just very simply Leslie falling into the pit. I, I am I am a true sucker for really well done physical comedy, and yep. it's it's just absurd. It's it's a, dare I say doofy. You know, she falls in the same darn pit that she's been talking about all this time, and I I just laughed. Oh my gosh, such a great scene. I think it's terrific too that uh, the next scene when they cut and they're they're both on the couch, Leslie and Andy and. Andy's just thrilled that she has also fallen in the pit. I don't, I don't know if he's just happy to have someone as stupid as he is, um, uh, but uh, or just to have some company. But uh, I think she had a she had a great, just very very quick exchange with Anne. She says something like, you know, oh gosh, you know, my boss is going to take me seriously. You know, now that my clavicle's broken, and Anne's like, no, seriously, you're fine. And then she says in a real un, you know hushed voice, no, seriously, my clavicle's broken, and it. <laughs> which I don't know if you can hear me say that at home, but oh my gosh, just such a funny moment. Yeah, there, there, there are some other great moments in this too. I think, um, you know, in particular, uh, the also as a result of Leslie falling in the pit, we get back to the main office and Tom and April who were on site, you know, rather than be supportive of Leslie and making sure she's okay, They've clearly uh, photo documented the episode and they've even, they've got the, the classic upskirt photo of Leslie falling over backwards, <laughs> which uh, Mark finds distasteful and oh, of course gives him a slight redeeming moment for what's ahead for that particular character. But uh, yeah, yeah that, there's a lot of great stuff from the pitfall. Not a pratfall, which Chris Pratt falling in the pit is technically a pratfall and a pitfall. Wow. Well, See what I did there? How long did you have that in the hopper? That's really yeah. good. Yeah, language is funny. Yeah, nice. Well, what do you think? Should we go to uh, character development and building? I think we could. Um, you know, let, let's let's start with. Um, I don't know who you want to start with. You want to start well, with Ron? See, I, I'll tell you what. I think that this it's tricky because being the first episode they're starting from scratch so you could say all of them have had character character building but really i mean we don't know a lot about them so it's going to be pretty quick i i think we've talked about leslie more than enough to, to kind of get an idea as to how she is which is which is great she's yep. a great uh, protagonist for the series you know tom haverford I, I, I viewed him as a, a lazy, opportunistic horn dog, uh, apathetic, <laughs> which I guess is, is accurate. But it's a shame when you don't have 
any depth of character yet to kind of counterbalance that. Yeah. So like for now, I'm just kind of like, Ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tom's not likable in the in the early series. And I think we like a lot of characters, we grow to love him definitely as the show goes on. And there's there's a, you know, Tom's true self doesn't really come out for quite a bit yet. I would actually say the same thing uh, to to a lesser extent about uh, Ron Swanson. I mean, he he grew to easily be one of my favorite characters of the series. Yeah. But but Absolutely. I would say in a very simple sense because Leslie is the uh, the optimistic uh, protagonist of the series, and what we see in this episode is Ron just kind of standing in her way and saying, "No, you can't do stuff." And it it wasn't bad, but it wasn't it still kind of came across like, well, he's clearly the bad guy then if, if Leslie is the good guy, at least it did to me. Um, what do you think? I, I think Ron's a, a really interesting character, both in the first episode and throughout the series. I mean, while we definitely get to like him better and uh, he gets to like his coworkers and, and really, you know, develops a relationship with most of them, in fact, but especially Leslie over time at this point, you know, they're, they, they definitely have a distinct relationship between boss and employee. Ron's not particularly interested in what they're doing, you know, in the, in the government uh, and in the parks department in particular. In fact, he doesn't even believe in government. He talks about that. Right. Um, you know, he, he does everything in his power to dissuade people from coming to see him. Uh, one of the scenes early on that uh, was also a standout moment was, you know, Ron demonstrating how he has a sawed off shotgun that is pointed at the person coming into his desk, asking him for pretty much anything. Oh, so I that, love that. That pretty much tells you how he feels about uh, giving service to people and to the, uh, the community at large. I, I would say I think that's a great point, Alan. I, I love that. That uh, that's one of my favorite scenes as well. Um, I, I think to, to the to round off the the a hole trifecta as yeah. as I as I would consider it is yep. when we when we meet Andy Dwyer. And again, how can you not like Chris Pratt? And yet, in this first episode, I feel like he he kind of comes across as a little bit of an ass. I mean, he 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 does. He, he doesn't, he treats, he mistreats Anne. He's very demanding. He's, you know, lazy. And, and I, you know, we like him a lot better later, but for now, you know, and, and that's unfortunately a large part of how I think we see Anne in this initial episode is she's just this, um, that she's the poor girlfriend who is obviously very uh, long suffering t uh, towards Andy's, you know, lazy shenanigans. And, and it seems like she unfortunately lets herself be taken advantage of. So, yeah, and I think I think Anne grows a, a much bigger backbone over time too, and eventually puts her foot down with that, and you know isn't isn't uh, doesn't keep herself in a position to have you know kind of have have someone take advantage of her like Andy clearly is here. In fact, there's a deleted scene that's you know it's it's not one that we I think would be worth playing because it's very visual, and you mentioned your love of physical comedy. But if you have access to the DVDs, I highly recommend you watch it because there's another scene where Andy's an even bigger jerk, and uh, he he just wants a sandwich. Uh, you know, please, I need a sandwich. Anne once is having the interview with the documentary crew in our fake mockumentary that is Parks and Rec, and uh, not to be confused with other fake mockumentaries, of course, but 
he just wants a sandwich and Ann wants to talk about the pit to the camera crew and he tries to get up and she says, can you just hold on a minute? And he isn't willing to hold on. And before you know it, he has flipped over. He's laying on the couch backwards and kind of upside down and his feet are up in the air and he's in pain because he's in the double leg cast. And oh my God, he comes across as a real jerk. So um, <laughs> I highly recommend checking out that deleted scene when you get a chance. That is that is awesome. I I I, uh, I did want to make at least one more mention of another character, and this would be very brief. Um, uh, April Ludgate. Mm. I, I I think that she is, uh, and and I, I apologize to our viewing audience. Uh, I I forget the actress. Uh, it's it's Aubrey Plaza. That's Aubrey right. Plaza. I I think that she the is amazing. Aubrey Plaza. <clears throat> oh my gosh! I I think that she is understated and brilliant in this first episode because like i i think that there are a lot of characters that you, if you're fans of the show you'll say okay i see a little bit of them in this episode but they grow into what we eventually right. know them to be she is keeps it very simple you, you see her as just this the like slightly cynical slightly almost sneering you know god whatever i mean she she plays it perfectly because you get the impression yeah. from the very beginning it's like yeah i'm having a great time god <laughs> she's, she's the quintessential disinterested millennial for sure it's it's yeah it's 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 the the the, the cynical sarcastic little quips the looks yeah. it, it's not enough to be directly disrespectful but it's it's the clear equivalent to a, a giant set of eyeballs rolling in long frustration and, and quite literally at times too i mean she does more with her eyes than most people do with seven or lines worth of dialogue so i agree uh, hats off to uh to april and uh to aubrey there were a lot of great quotes in this episode too you know rubber the rubber where the rubber of government meets the road of real people i thought that's a great oh, line. oh my gosh and then not only that but then she's like you know tom write that down and he just holds up a blank piece of paper like yeah this is what i do when she tells me to write something down they're just scribbles and he then she says over, yeah. and then she called him on it and said hey tom read that back he's like uh committees uh cover uh the, the town with blood and then <laughs> yeah. she she's kind of stunned by that and yeah. then she kind of looks over her shoulder and says uh it sounded better when, when I, I said, said it. it it's still, still good though <laughs> just ridiculous so i have a question for you the, uh, maybe to kind of end this uh section what did you think of uh what was your first impression of brendanowitz um, I think one of my alternate takes for the AKA was that Mark Brandanowicz is a douchebag. So, um, <laughs> With why? Why do uh, you say that? Actually, I think that's in a future episode. But, you know, I think in this particular episode, Mark's not a bad guy. I think we're going to see something very interesting happen pretty quickly where he and Tom are almost going to exchange roles. Tom's going to be a little bit less of a D-bag and, and, um, and Mark is going to be a little bit more of one and that's going to persist for a while. So I, I, and it's interesting to me too, and I've read about this, you know, obviously Parks and Rec created by Greg Daniels and Mike Schur, um, the people who brought us the American office, this is their show as well. Um, I think, you know, Greg played a really big role in, in both, but more so in the office and then, um, you know, and, and this particular, and Mike Schur is kind of stepping up and he's the co-creator of this. He wrote this episode. Uh, he had, had a lot more to do with this show kind of on his own outside of Greg's purview. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting to me that I think they stole a lot from the office because, you know, this is in some ways 
there's even internet rumors and conjecture that the Anne is a crossover character uh, that, you know, um, that she is the same character that she was in the office, but she's in witness protection in Pawnee, Indiana. Oh my gosh. And, and is therefore a, a true tie to the office uh, that's beyond the creators and writers. Uh, so that's great. Go out on the internet, look, search, you know, Parks and Rec rumors, the, you know, conspiracy theories. I'm sure you'll find it. But, um, but um, Brandana, which I think was actually supposed to be the Jim Halpert of this. And that's, I cannot get over that. Because uh, he is not a Jim Halpert in this episode or any in the future. I, I agree with you. I think that that was maybe what they envisioned. I mean, if you feel like Ron is kind of eventually he becomes the lovable antagonist, I guess. Tom Haverford is is just a douche. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> A lovable douche. I mean, yeah, sure. But I, yeah, I think you're right. I think they intended Brendanowitz to be the, the Halpert of, of, the, of Parks and Rec. And you know, I, I I just feel like he's not he's not Halpert material. I mean, no, who, you yeah. know who who is he's 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 not a bad guy. He's like somewhat decent. He just to me he comes across as somewhat bland. Now the, this may be you know I guess damning with faint praise or whatever. I I think that he still did a decent job in this episode and a lot of them. And yet when compared to a lot of the other characters, I feel like he kind of comes across as bland. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. And I think all the characters will definitely talk about more. I think maybe throughout season one, because it is the season it is. And there's, there's a little less to love here than we'll see in season two and beyond. You know, maybe we'll deep dive on a couple of these characters and go into more because I've seen him in other shows and he's actually a terrific actor. And he was a good actor here too, but I just always struggled with liking his character. And you know, I, I, and there's some some real comedic geniuses in this show. Um, he plays a great straight man generally, you know, where I think Jim Halpert, you know, and and John Krasinski are, are, are really funny. You know, I, oh, I'm yeah. not sure he's all that funny. I think he's a better straight actor. And, you know, and yet you've got Donna here making her first appearance and Jerry Gergage making their first appearances. Both are just ridiculously funny and and they're practically non-existent here in the pilot. So that, that's a good point. And, you know, I, I think that you're right, though. You can have characters that are, are better, uh, you know, straight men. Or, or straight women uh, if you are surrounded with a lot of comedic talent. And I think he obviously was, but um, yeah, I, I think that they, I, I think that they, they kind of missed the target a little bit on what they wanted him to eventually become. And I think we, uh, you know, obviously by the end of season two, they, they kind of realize that and say, you know, we're going to, we're going to make a change up in the cast. Yep. Totally. Okay. Well, is this a good point for us to take another break? I think so. All right, well, let's do that. And when we come back, we'll get back into it. All right. All right, and we're back. Hey. Welcome back, Mark. Thank you. I mean, welcome back, Phil. Alan. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. I think normally, you know, I think we're going to try each week to come and talk about some of the things we've certainly already talked about. But, you know, when we can, we're going to feature a deleted scene or two. We're still working on the technology and, you know, we, we put in the order with the Amazons of the world and, you know, 10 or $12,000 from now, we'll be able to play those deleted scenes back to our listeners. What do you think? That would be fantastic. You know, if Sweetums would just, you know, up the money that they get from their big gulp drinks, I think we'd have it. But... Ugh. especially the child-sized drink. 
Oh, that you can actually fit a child in. Absolutely. It, it is child sized. Yes. It, it really is. Yeah. What do you think? Really so we, I, I love the idea of the deleted scenes. Uh, since we're going to forego that uh, for now, do you want to just jump to scoring? Yeah. So how, what do you think? Uh, are we talking a 10 point scale, a five point scale? We're going to make up apples, um, you know, little Sebastian. So how are we rating this thing? I, well, here is my thought. Um, first of all, you know, I, I wanted to rate this myself against the rest of the Parks and Rec episodes because I don't know about you, Alan, but mm -hmm. I know I've seen a lot of really crappy sitcoms. And, and, and I know it sounds cliche to say this and very fanboy to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Even the bad Parks and Rec episodes are, are, are not bad. I mean, they're, they're in, in the yeah. grand continuum of sitcoms, I still think they're, they're, they're pretty good, worth watching. They, they pale in comparison to themselves because it's such a good show. Um, but um, I, I think- I agree. Uh, I think I'd much rather watch a bad Parks and Rec than I would a good Two and a Half Men. Right, right. It, uh, well, I, uh, you and I can have that debate later. But, but, uh, Fair <laughs> I, but, but, yeah, I think you agree with me. You know, a, a horrible, in air quotes, horrible episode of Parks and Rec. If we want to say, oh, this is a one, it might actually score a five in the grand universe of sitcoms because it's it's that good of a show. That's so. Fair. After yep. all this fanboying and everything, I've given this a lot of thought. And, you know, we, we talked before about how it takes time to establish a world. And, and that time that you used to establish it, it usually detracts a little bit from the guts of the show. And in that case, it means uh, for a sitcom often lowering the funny bar. And, and this, I, I think this was an okay episode, but this was kind of a low point for me. And it's not all their fault. It, you know, it, it, you have to introduce people and, and, and plots and the location. It is what it is is um in terms of uh exposition and establishing their universe and their world so to speak I, you know i thought they did a good job of introducing the characters in terms of overall you know belly laughing enjoyment meh, it was i mean it was it was good enough to make me want to stick around for the rest of the series i distinctly remember that when i first saw it but but i i am gonna score this so let's say on a scale of one to ten all right, uh, and yep. let, let's, uh, if we do that, I'm gonna give this a two. And so it's pretty low, I get that. I, I, I think unfortunately a lot of the season one episodes are going to rank fairly low. Uh, I'm, and honestly, I'm giving this a two mainly because I'm trying to leave room for a potentially worse episode in the future. Uh, it, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. I'm gonna stick with a two. What do you think? Okay, I, I think in general, I agree with you. Um, if we're going to do solid points, you know, no, no point fives here. Um, I think I too would also choose a two. Um, you know, there are moments in this episode itself where I might have gone as high as a three. Um, probably not a four, uh, except maybe a couple really of the funnier moments. And but overall, I think it flattens out, comes down to about a two. Um, like you said, we're going to see much higher scores. Um, this show in general is a much higher score, but, you know, we're still, we're very early. We're building characters. Um, we're introducing themes and, you know, in any show trying to do that, you're at a bit of a deficit until you really have created that universe and, you know, created something that people can, uh, you know, relate to and start to love. So we'll get there. We'll get there with this show for sure. And that's why we all kept watching. 
I, I would agree with that. I, 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 and you know, hearing you, hearing you describe it just now, you made me change my mind a little bit because you, you asked the good question, like, are we doing straight points? Are we allowed to do point fives? And I think we can do whatever we want. We could do little Sebastians <laughs> if we want to. Uh, so you know what? I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say. There were a few really funny moments, if for no other reason than Leslie falling in the pit. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna up it by half, half a point. Okay. So I'm gonna so give this a officially a two and a half. Yep. All right. What's your official two and a half? Little Sebastian's it is. So, all right. Well, <laughs> I think it's fair to say we can probably almost only go up at this point, and I think we will. So, all right. Well, we'll come back next week. I think we're gonna try and do one of these episodes each week. And yep. next week's episode is canvassing. So I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. It's going to be great. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining. And we look forward to talking to you next week. All right. See everyone. Take care. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.